And I'm Stanley Wiggins. And this is Black Hipster, where we talk about Black pop culture, gay pop culture, Black gay pop culture, and sometimes other shit. <laughs> hello, darling. Well, hello there. Happy, I happy Saturday. The sirens today. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. As soon as we started recording, it was like. Yeah, I heard it like in the background. <laughs> well, because I usually record in my podcast closet um mm-hmm. <laughs> on days when i can but um of course i was having an equipment malfunction and then so i had to like come in and plug in in my bedroom and all that and so oh, yeah, so closer to the window yeah closer to the street i'm not yeah exactly whereas like when i do it in my podcast closet i can you know close the, the door on both sides so there's mm-hmm. no it is really just kind of airtight in there Oh, okay, okay. No, I see. I see. Hopefully, you won't hear too much noise on my side. So I'm just like I'm in my sister's room. Oh, because you're in the my, burbs. I'm in the burbs. Yes, yes. I'm in the burbs, but they're doing construction on the house, so we're all on one side. But like my nephew, he's eight, and I have my family outside. They're watching. They're sitting watching television, and everyone. So I'm like in a room with the sound machine going on outside. So I'm like, hopefully. <laughs> Oh, and you're in Boston and it snowed. <laughs> Girl, it felt like I don't remember as a kid growing up here. I don't remember it. I mean, it's it's like what mid um, mid April, but I don't remember it ever snowing past April first. I remember when I was like a kid, like 1997, 1996, we got like a really bad blizzard on April Fool's Day. I do remember that, and we <laughs> were talking, but nothing like this. And they live further, like Western Massachusetts, like out. So it it snow is more they get a lot more snow than they do in boston but i mean we had a friend and she showed us the, the video and it was snowing in the city i i, yeah. I don't ever remember that happening that's interesting that's wild yeah. yeah it was it was bright and sunny in new york i mean it drizzled, <laughs> it drizzled a little bit and but then the sun was coming out it was just kind of like dipping back and forth um but it definitely did not snow which i'm so grateful for oh my God. you know i hate the snow like i mean yeah. i hate, I hate <laughs> The snow. I really do. Like people don't understand. Like I hate it so much. Like I just I wanna go to snow, but I never want snow to come to me. So if I'm like, funny. oh let's go skiing, because I wanna and by skiing I mean I might get in a snow tube and then hot tub the whole time. Okay, okay. But, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Other than that, like I just I never wanna see snow. Like people yeah. like leave me alone. And I'm and, and it was- do you think for me, I don't know if it's the same for you, it gets worse every year. Like every year, I'm always like, I just hate this snow. Like I don't like I don't like come to terms. I feel like maybe like, yeah, the older I get, basically, the more I hate snow. It just that the 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 hate that I have for the snow increases, goes up every single season that I see it. I'm like, oh, I don't like you. And I love living in New York. I love the Northeast. But it's just like, I don't know if I can continue doing it just because of the snow. It's like I, or at least I can. I would hope. I mean, in my fantasy, I would hope that you know, like I could go somewhere else. You know, I would have like some some a home that I retreat to in the winter, and then come back for like special holidays or something um, during um, during winter. That would be ideal. Definitely. Oh, yeah. That I think that would be ideal for most people. Yeah, where you go to the snow if you so choose. Yeah. Otherwise, you just don't have to deal with it. Well, as you get older, it becomes more annoying because it has no function for us <laughs> uh, except to ruin our plans. Yeah. Um, because we're not in- inclined to go out and just play in it. 
So mm -hmm. and and those years passed. Th those we haven't done that. I mean, pretty sure there are some people our age who want to play in the stove, but for the most part, you don't want to stay in place. And then when you live in a city, much different from being, I think, even in the suburbs. You know, the snow that I mean, you can go in your backyard and you can like play in the snow or like you know. Um, you know, clean your deck off and say, and you can do that in certain places in the city. It's just people do that less. So I feel like definitely it's much worse when you live in the city because, you know, when after the snow, we have to go to work. That means us trekking to the snow, getting on the trains, going up and down those stairs. You got to be careful. You don't want to slip. It's just, it's just nasty to go about your day in the city, I think. <laughs> Sometimes during the snow, it's it's just not ideal. Every, every you're cold, freezing. It's you gotta, yeah, you gotta think about a lot more things. It's not easy to just go. Well, the good thing is it does allow us to stay inside and binge TV. Because <laughs> we just be like, I ain't going nowhere because nobody else is going anywhere. So that's you true. Won't be bothered about missing out on anything. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. And yeah, you can just binge TV like Drag Race, which which I have not behind. seen. Right, so we can't even talk about Drag Race. You're ruining, you're ruining the the podcast, Stanley. Well, the, it is sad because you know, well, I've been ruining the podcast for a while because you know I don't have cable. You know, it, it's we record you know after that Friday usually, and the new episode, and I have to wait until like Saturday night or Sunday to watch the new episode because that's when it's available Lame. online. And we haven't watched, I've been in Boston for the last two weeks, well, going on a week, so I missed last Friday's episode, I missed last night's episode, so, and I, I'm not going to watch it without Josh. Like you don't so. know who the top four is, and then no, I, I last do know night. Who, don't um, tell me, don't tell oh, me what oh, happened. Oh, you know who the top four is. Because, yeah, I know who the top four oh, okay, are. Okay, okay, so you saw that episode, okay. And okay, and I can so tell you. don't know you. who's going to the finale. I don't know who's going to the yeah, last night's, I think, um, Friday's episode was the reunion. Okay, so oh, we'll it was the that. reunion. We'll okay, that. okay. We'll, well, well, just so I just so I'll tell you, don't confirm or deny anything. I'm pretty sure because I, I try to, I've been trying to avoid social media, but I have to look go on social media because I, that's a part of my job. So I have did I, right away. I saw that Got Mick and Simone were made it to the. To I'm the, not gonna uh, to say anything. Don't don't say anything. And then I'm pretty sure, pretty sure that it was. Um, and Josh, he, I'll let him know. Don't listen to the podcast until you watch the episode. I'm pretty sure it was um, Rose who went home, and the top three I, are. I, are I, I, yeah, so I just I, I just want to say because then it will confirm. We'll talk about it. You know, when I when I get back, you know, when I actually do catch up with the episodes. But yes, everyone, please try to avoid social media when you are uh, watching a show. <laughs> That, uh, you know, it's very like, you know, a lot of people go on social media to spoil it or just to chat about it. Try to avoid social media. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. But well, I do have to, what? Even if you haven't watched Drag's ra Drag Race, I'm sure there's some other things you've been watching. Um, we just started watching them. And, yeah. That's, um, that's on Amazon, right? On Amazon Prime, Yeah. And you know, I am. Um, you know, I don't watch stuff. I don't. Not to say stuff like this. What I don't watch very specifically is like anything pretty much set in slavery. Um, yeah. I don't watch stuff like that. Um, like I'm not gonna watch Twelve Years a Slave. I'm not gonna mm -hmm. watch Harriet. Like I'm just. Yeah. I'm not here for it. Like yeah. I'm just not. Mm -hmm. And but. I might dip my toe in in things like um, 
uh, Lovecraft Country, mm -hmm. and and even them piqued my interest to some degree because they're doing something different with it. So yeah. even though it's set in, in, in a certain time, um, they're doing something with it that'll make me say, okay, well, maybe that's not the focus of the um the show so obviously you know they can't divorce like from whatever was happening during that time but mm -hmm. okay i can i can kind of see what's going on here since i think they're trying to do something creative i do not feel that way about this show oh no no um, <laughs> i just it's interesting um what? Well, how many episodes have you watched? Is is it are they doing a release releasing in like months? It's like ten episodes total, I think. And mm -hmm. we just watched episode eight was the oh, last one. Geez. And okay. and I was like, I'm done. I was mm -hmm. like, I don't want to watch anymore. And he's <laughs> like, Well, there's only two episodes left. I'm like, Yeah, I don't even think I can stomach the last two. I'm pulling out. Um, I'm good. So is it like I, I was like, I'm good, dog. <laughs> because I I only saw one thing about I I watched the trailer. And uh, because I thought I was like, oh, damn. And it, of course, it reminds me of us from of Jordan Peele, but this right. is from Lena Waithe. It's Waith. nothing. Lena Waithe and yes. Bill Morphin. It's nothing like us, by the way. Mm -hmm. it, except it does do this little bit of like the letters are in red and then it flashes across the screen mm -hmm. um, um, as the show starts, like the new mm -hmm. episode begins, which is kind of like, okay, a little bit like us, but we'll let this slide. <laughs> <laughs> I think I saw something. I, I think I watched the trailer. And then I saw the article later about it. And it, yeah, to, to, to I, I guess I'm speaking to what you're saying. It seemed like it was, there was still elements of like, you know, segregation and racism and all of that in that whole world. And of course, them dealing with the horror element. But even in the trailer, the elements of horror came much later. Most of the beginning of the trailer was about them moving into this place and the white people saying, we don't want them here. And then just you know, doing crazy things. And then it popped up, you know, maybe 20 minutes, 20, I'm sorry, not 20 minutes, 20 seconds into the trailer, this, um, oh my gosh, there's something evil living here. And I'm like, no, I watched the trailer, but I'm like, I don't think I want to watch this because we, we going through a lot of stuff right now. It's like, I don't want to, and you want to see joyous, I want to see happy stories. Of course, there's a room for everything, but, you know, it reminds me. And then I, sorry, I'm going all over the place, but after I watched the trailer, then I saw some article, just the headline, like, them sort of deals a lot with um you know black trauma and people certain people watching it being triggered by it and they they also the person with the article was like i'm just not here not to say that it wasn't a good show but they're just like i just don't want to watch it because i'm just not trying to just you know all of my extracurricular activity me sitting down watching television the form of escapism watching something that isn't happy is <laughs> triggered uh, it, I, I, it this this uh, sparked a debate with my husband and I because mm -hmm. he, I guess he had read what the, the critics said when we were only like two episodes in and I was like, well, I don't want to hear what the critics said. I want to watch it. Um, you know, just with no one else's opinions in the back of my mind. And I guess, um, and then of course I looked at what they said after I was just like, ah. Um, and I clearly agree with the critics. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, which he doesn't kind of he he but he also admits that like he's not triggered by this kind of stuff whereas other people are mm -hmm. and i'm just like okay but you need to own that you don't feel the same way that other people do about it but there needs to be some some respect yeah. and some room for people to feel the way that they do for mm -hmm. me i think the biggest issue is is the lack of balance and uh -huh. i'm just like 
you you can understand how black people feel some sort of way when we're not saying that you can't tell these stories at all. We're saying that we're not here for the on, only the telling of these stories when it's just like there's so many stories about black people that can be told yeah. and it just feels like there's always this sort of like we get into this rut of making the same type of thing and yeah. that's what black people are just like what like this isn't it for us and then they're like everyone throws their hands up like oh god you get upset when we don't tell you stories and now when we tell you stories you don't like the kinds of stories we're telling we're like because there's never any balance mm-hmm. like you know what i mean it's either all gangster movies or no movies at all you yeah. know and now this now it's sort of like oh black trauma is kind of having its moment in the spotlight you know whereas there's no balance i'm like it's the same where you know I have my feeling about um, black interracial uh, interracial couples Mm -hmm. always being shown on screen. I don't have an issue with interracial couples at all. My issue is that you haven't allowed black love to shine enough on the screen. That Mm -hmm. now you want to show black people in in healthy relationships and in love, it's always with someone not black. That's my issue with it. So I'm like, I can understand that's people's issue, right, with showing this trauma over and over it's like it's not that you can't talk about it and it doesn't have any value but mm-hmm. number one it has to be told well right yeah. <laughs> and yeah. that needs to be taken that's a huge part of it and that needs to be taken into account but there also has to be some balance where it's just like okay i don't want to turn on show after show movie after movie about this thing especially when we're still going through it it's not Mm -hmm. like it's something that's in our past this one particular moment in time sure maybe where you're talking about what happened to black families during the great migration that's in our past but black trauma at the hands of like white supremacy and anti-blackness not not in the rear view so it's hard to still be going through all the bullshit and then to have to hold a mirror up to our past about it and it's just like well not only is it traumatizing and triggering but it's also very much just the same shit that's going on right now it's just Mm -hmm. like the fact that this was so long ago but we're still dealing with the same garbage in different ways it's even more disheartening so no i can imagine that people don't want to turn off the news where they were just talking about another young black man killed by white cops to turn this on when mm-hmm. they just want to escape or be entertained. Exactly. Yeah, I, I totally agree. And I think, I, I feel as though we're in this moment too, where, like you said, Black trauma is sort of having this moment where everyone wants to sort of, they're using it as a form of education and in the sense of wrapped up in um, entertainment. You know, like, it's just like, well, this is how we're going to get our show. We want to show the, the, the experience of Black people. And it's just like, well, I, I don't need to see, I just want to, it can, they, it can just be black people just dating and going about their lives or having fun or doing a, a stupid screwball, screwball comedy. They black. That's a black experience because that's what some black people do. You know, hey, it's, we it's, screwball I mean, all day. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and I feel like, and I'm pretty sure there are some shows like that, uh, definitely that exist, you know. I just don't want to see any element. I'm tired of seeing the racism part. I just, I'm, I'm just over that. I want to go to a show where I get to escape that for a while. You know, the funny thing is with my family, we watch, you know, Jamie Foxx has a new show and um, it's on Netflix. Oh, I think what it's called. My Father, Don't Embarrass Me or something yeah, like that. Yeah, it's like that. with his daughter, right? Yeah, with his daughter. Oh my gosh, girl, the first episode was so bad. And um, <laughs> 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 I'm, 
And it, it, you know what it is? It's kind of like, I don't know if it's Netflix. You know how these shows, they do a weird, I, I, now it's escaping me. They do this weird thing where it's kind of almost like sitcom-y because they say they curse and everything. They will say curse words on the show, but it also has this sort of sitcom-y thing. And there's a laugh track. And um, oh, they, God, they, there's a sort of, track. Yeah, there's a laugh oh, track. And it's a laugh laugh. Yeah, I know you're over that as well. It is oh just, it's so weird. It's so, it, it's so disjointed and the jokes fall short. It is like Jamie Foxx is talented, but also the other people I think in the cast, they have David Allen Greer, who is great as well. And they have some other people who are on the cast, but I don't think the core, I think the writing is lackluster. And I think most of the cast is not that, their acting is not that good, like at all. And it surprised me that I'm just like, did, does anyone, did, did, who did they preview? You know, who did, well, who is the test audience for this show? And I don't, I've never seen those other shows that they have on Netflix, like with Family Reunion, like Tia, Tia Mori, and all the other shows. But I would assume a part of the, because of their success, they've greenlit, you know, some of these other shows by, you know, by Black people. But I'm like, where is a good comedy for Black people? You know what I'm saying? Where is that? That is not, that is something that's just not necessarily wholesome, but yeah, something that's just easy. You can sit with your family, you can watch it. Is there something like that that exists on television now? That's good. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Like, I, I typically try, I mean, like my very absolute best uh-huh. not to watch corny TV. Yeah. So if something looks corny, I'm not watching it. Like, I yeah. don't care who did it. Like, who, mm-mm, sorry, this is corny. I'm good. Like, we're done here. Um, but at the same time, like, I feel like there's still room for that stuff and other people enjoy yeah. it. So I'm all here for if you want to make a corny TV show, you go right back <laughs> on ahead. Like, I won't be watching it, you know. Yeah. Like, been being very honest, I will not be watching it. But I'm okay with, like, you doing it. Like, I'm cool with that. Um, again, like I said, like just balance, yeah, just balance, balance. like, and and that and that's enough for me, even if I don't necessarily enjoy all the things. But okay, at least you're putting it out there for people, for other people to enjoy. It can't Mm -hmm. just all be based on what I want. Um, Mm -hmm. yeah, but I think there definitely does need to be. There needs to be something. I think that's why everybody is like, when is Insecure coming back? Well, that is coming. That's coming back, I think, soon. And then a black lady comes September. I don't actually can't even say. I know that they. What's up with Atlanta? Like Atlanta Atlanta was was one of those shows. I think that it was so entertaining because the writing was good because it was so authentic. It was so Uh genuine, and it also had balance within the show, like with the characters, Mm -hmm. where it wasn't like everybody don't have to be. A drug dealer, hustler, or you know, whatever. Like there was, there was balance within the show's characters. Uh-huh. That show that just it just had dimension, it had depth, um, but it still was very real, and it was yeah. still very true to the hood, um, Atlanta or otherwise. Yeah, and that's why that show did well. <laughs> you know, once it, I'm gonna start watching because I've only watched. <clears throat> excuse me, Ooh. I've only watched a few episodes of Atlanta. And uh, I'm going to try to get into that again because I do need something, you know, that fulfills my melanin, my need of the melanin on television that is entertaining and well done. They do have Black Lady Sketch Show is coming. Is it a Black Lady Sketch Show is coming back, mm-hmm. which I like the first season. And then they have this new show, which is called Run the World, which is set to premiere on um, Stars. 
And it's from this creator. Her name is Le- Leah Davenport, but also a series, uh, the co-series showrunner and executive producer is Yvette Lee Bowser, who did Living Single. And mm-hmm. it's about four, of course, four young women in their 20s and 30s from Harlem. And it's all, and she says that what she really wanted to focus on is just they're ambitious and it's all about their friendship. You know, not something, she says, they, I think they even touch in one article that I wrote, they like even in scripted shows like in HBO's Insecure, building long lasting and loyal friendship, friendships doesn't feel like a main priority of the characters. And they're like, this is the show where they're talking about black female friendship in a positive way. Oh and, yeah, that's um, with Risha Webb, right? Yes, yes. Who, yeah, when they, when they talked about that who has been guest starring in a lot of things. And she was on Black Lady Sketch Show a couple of times too. And I forget what, what other things she's been on, but yeah, her and like three other girls. And I, I saw the um, the trailer, I have to watch it again. It looks interesting, but hopefully it's, you know, hopefully it, it, it's pretty good. It's only gonna be eight episodes and that comes out May 16th. So I don't have stars. But, I would um, like to get something that's similar to that, but that's also about older women who like are yes. married, have families, that kind of thing. That is, it doesn't necessarily have to be rooted in or about their friendship, mm-hmm. um, but they are all connected as their friends. Yeah. Um, but it's about their lives, um, their individually lives. and collectively. Mm-hmm. Um, that would be nice because <laughs> I feel like we don't see a lot of that either. And then, and part of it is like just seeing, you know, of course we this is America and we are obsessed with youth. Mm-hmm. So once someone gets over that like thirty five mark they're pretty much just, you know, invisible unless they look really <laughs> young and they can play young. You know what I mean? But exactly. it's almost kind of idea that like if you're over 35, we don't care about your yeah. life. Like you're not interesting anymore. Oh my gosh, um, totally, totally true. Which is like, crazy because it's like you you don't have shit till you're like 30. Yeah. But you would legit like like your relationships up until that point tend to be like pretty like on the surface um and flimsy at best. Yeah. Um, yeah, you, you're you probably not um, cemented in your career enough to make any real money, to have mm-hmm. anything. You know what I mean? Like, you very much can go on vacation with your girlfriends at 29 years old and get one room for four of you. Like, you mm-hmm. still do shit like that at 29. Yeah. <laughs> you, do. you do. But at 35, you're like, no, I'm going to need us to all get our own rooms. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, I we, my space, and I'm not sharing a twin size bed with anybody. Yeah, but, yeah, we're not gonna live in a railroad style apartment where my bedroom's in the middle. You know, it's just like things like that are not gonna fly. And, and then too, it's it's like with youth, it's like we're obsessed with. I was oh, that's what I was gonna tell you about too, because I was watching. Oh gosh, there's this new show on HBO um, with the his name is Justice Smith. I know that he's dating one of the guys from Greenland. He's 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 gay that's what I know about his background and that's what I was excited about. But, uh, oh, okay. He, uh, well, he's a good actor, but I was just excited about, you know, another black, uh, you know, actor had come out or whatever. Uh, and it's a show based uh, around teenagers and sort of, you know, these sort of non-binary, gay, trans youth. And um, they were talking about the scenes and how the, they weren't saying that the sex was explicit, but there is, there are like nude scenes in it and they're teenagers, like them in the locker rooms. And I was like, that's weird that in our culture, like, of course, we have these actors who are playing teenagers. They are, of course, in their 20s or 30s or whatnot. Yeah, because he's definitely, like, in his 20s. 20s. But then it's like, well, the characters are high school kids, and they're doing all of these explicit things and showcasing nudity. And we are watching it, 
and and then going, ooh, and I'm like, that's weird. <laughs> they're underage. The characters that they're playing are underage. Shouldn't they be not? They shouldn't be doing that. You know, like I'm like, what kind of show? It's a high school locker room, and you're showing those things. That's odd and slightly it's inappropriate. But it, the article was just like, you know, it, it didn't. It doesn't seem like that's bothering anybody. Where you have these, like, I wonder it what line. You know, like, I don't know what euphoria does. I know that it can be graphic, but I don't know what, if they show nudity for all the people and all this stuff. But isn't that kind of odd, you know, that they do that? That in, in our culture, they have these grown actors playing teenagers. We're watching it, but then they're showing doing all these adult things and showing all this nudity. And we're... Right, and we're obsessed with this idea that these teenagers are doing. Yeah. We're yeah, looking at it through that sort of... We're looking exactly. at it through the lens of, like, adults watching kids. Yes, that's definitely odd. <laughs> Seriously wrong. Um, about that? Part of like our society is what's exactly. wrong with our culture and our society and what we value. Really, mm-hmm. it's, it's it's quite sick. Um, <laughs> it is, it is, and I think as you get older and you get so much more removed from that young version of yourself that thought that those things were okay, that you not only do you not care not to say you don't care about the life of teenagers but to some degree like you don't care about the life of teenagers unless you have teenage kids um but yeah that you also can look at it and go "Mm, this is real messed up yes it it, it, and when you're young like when i'm a teen when we were teens teens yeah we were teens when we were teens and we're watching like the wb shows dawson's creek and you know felicity and all these things they were living lives that we weren't living so i as a child i could 15, 6 year I knew that these were older actors playing it, but I also thought, okay, this is a fantastical world. Also, there might be some teenagers who have lives closer to this, but they aren't me. So it's also, I can well, imagine they, that. They were yeah. all white, so I just thought that yeah, they were ex- white people. Too. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> and then you're thinking, okay, well, they just they just have fun. They're just having parties all the time. You know, their houses that are huge and their parents are not there and you know, all these crazy things happen. I'm they like, drink liquor much- and drive yeah, cars. they drink liquor and drive cars. Yeah, it's like, you know, make out with their teachers and stuff. I'm like, I guess that's just what they do there. And it was kind of fun because it was something, it was a form of escapism. But as you get older, you realize no one's doing this. And then as an adult, you're like, I don't want to do this anymore. And it, it's weird how you, you, you're kind of fine. There are no shorts. You're, we're not being catered. We're out of the sort of demographic that people are, cater you know the media and um, entertainment they're catering to mm-hmm. you know our sort of group is getting small going to continue to get smaller and smaller where you know and you talk about the you know over 35 and especially for women and i was reading this thing about um they did this graph this interesting graph of like all of the leading men mo- some of the leading men in hollywood harrison ford tom hanks denzel washington richard Gere, all of these men you know who who've acted and and how young when they were in a movie how what was the age gap between Will Smith too between them and their female co-star whether it was their girlfriend or their wife and it was like 15 years Tom Cruise it was like yeah we years, already know that. That, that it was not, yes yeah. yes and you think about it and you're like yeah these men are mad old they'd be like 30 you know like I'm trying to think like Harrison Ford when he was in that movie one of the ones that I can remember what lies beneath. Harrison Ford, I think, was in his 60s, and they have Michelle Pfeiffer, who was in her 40s. Or, like, they have Will Smith, who was in, um, who's not that old. I think he was in his 40s, and he, there was one, uh, like, they had that girl. What's her name? The Australian girl. Uh, Margot Robbie. Oh, Margot Robbie. She's yeah. significantly younger. Yes, yes. 
And they would they did this graph and so many of the men, so many of the men, like 90% of them were dating their co-stars were all these women who were clearly not their age, 10 to 20 to 30 years their junior. I'm like, that is weird. And it and, and just the graph really just put it into perspective um, for me. Man, you don't see that. And I'm thinking, why aren't they trying to make new stories? Why aren't they trying to craft new things that are interesting for people? That's the thing that bothers me. That's the part that annoys me about it all. It's just like, is it just the that you guys are just that bad? Like, like no <laughs> just like no one's talented enough to just go back to the drawing board, just make something new. Um, but it's kind of like, you know, with the fast food chains and stuff, right? No one's trying to come up with anything innovative. They mm -hmm. see what, what something that became popular for another brand and just go, all right, well, let's recreate it. And it's just like, try to one up it with either a cheaper price or a better sauce yeah. or just something more disgusting. We can throw on top of it, like bacon or tater tots. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's kind of the same there, right? It was like, they see something works and they're like, Ooh, that worked for that like network or that film or that whatever. Let's yeah. try it. But then let's just like add something even more gross on top of it. Yeah. Yeah. It makes me think of the McDowell's versus coming to America versus the <laughs> McDonald's. <laughs> what is he's like? He's like the, he's like the, whatever the big, the McFlurry is nothing like the McFlurry. You know, they put their they put their toppings on the on top. We put our toppings on the bottom. He's like they're the golden. Uh, what is it? They're the, the golden, golden arches, and he's the golden M's. Yeah, and it's just like <laughs> it's so funny. Yeah, because it's like yeah, you see something that's successful. How can we take from that? How can we put a little bit of that? And you know, to a a money making um, standpoint, it's it's a little. You know, it's a little smart, but then when you see that continually being repl replicated, you think, geez, can't you give the audience, uh, you know, a little bit more? Can't you just sort of, there are people out there, lots of people out there who are going to look for, who want something different, who crave. Think of all the crap on Netflix and how much we flip through and we're like, what is this? What is this? And then there's all, like, Jamie Foxx is coming back and you get excited about that. And then you're like, this is horrible. Like, they just, they have money <laughs> to spend and they're like, give, listen, it, it'll suit some people. It will, but I just, I was very surprised at the quality of the show. And well, I mean, I, I will at least give them kudos that they tried to do something new. <laughs> you know what I mean? It could have been Jamie Foxx or another zombie, you know, genre or something of another. Yeah. Yeah. Oh God, I would have been extra mad. Oh my um, God, can you believe it? But yes. that's the thing, it's like not taking note of where the line is for people becoming extremely wary of uh of these um uh weary not wary weary mm -hmm. meaning like we grow tired yeah yeah and like that it's just it's not exciting and it's not fun anymore but that's exactly i think the issue that people take are are, are taking with them right mm -hmm. where it's just like it, there's it, it's almost a sense of like not only did you do this shit that we're really fucking sick of but you didn't even do it that well Oh, that's, <laughs> that's what it's kind of what it is it's kind of like a because also too i, I mean we we got into a debate about it yesterday my husband and i because during the episode like episode eight i was like what are we watching and he's <laughs> like what do you mean i'm like the show is just went off the rails he was oh, like what well, i was like i don't even understand we're watching anymore <laughs> he's like how do you i was like it's not connected to anything that already happened mm -hmm. it just completely like just just threw us for a loop like what is happening? And he didn't, he, he thought it was all perfectly fine. And I was like, you must have the same crazy thinking that, that they have. 
this seems weird to me. I was like, all of a sudden now we're here. I was like, there's a lot of information missing from the middle, don't you think? Yeah. He's like, no, you can infer that this happened and this happened. And I was like, what? (laughs) You know, I am not one for uh, spoon feed the audience, but you also can't make these like grand leaps. I just felt like it just completely lost me. And, you know, I was already just kind of teetering on the edge of I don't want to watch this anymore. Uh Uh-huh. Um, and then, but yeah, by the time we got to episode eight, I was like, I'm not going back for anymore. He's like, come on, there's only two more episodes. I'm like, I need to think about this. Maybe I'll finish it just to find out what happens in the end. But at this point, I don't really care. And I don't need this like coming up in my dreams. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I dream about stuff. Yeah. Um, like your honor, I had to stop watching your honor. And then we went back because I was like, this is too much. Like, tell me again what your honor, your honor is about. You told me this. Bio, I think. Yeah. Limited Who's the main person? What's up? Who's the main actors in that? Oh, I've... um, um, Michael, oh, uh, uh, Brian Cranston. Ryan, Ryan who? Cranston. Isn't that his name? Oh, Brian Cranston from, um, okay, Brian Cranston. It's the show. Is it Michael Cranston? No, no, Brian Cranston from Michael, Malcolm in the Middle, right? Yes. Yeah, who was. I was like, I didn't make that up, right? And the, the, the other show with the drugs. That I should know, Breaking which everyone Bad. else. Breaking Bad, yeah. yes. Breaking I know. Bad was great. Yes, Breaking Bad was like yes. I've heard of your honor because they have you know Tom Hanks' son Chet Hanks, which is who oh, is who has been on that show. <laughs> oh my gosh! And the first time they I saw him acting, love him. By family. the way, this is a Chet Hanks loving house. Oh. <laughs> I must say, we are thoroughly entertained by him. We would love oh. him to continue making videos in, in his Hilarious. accent and just putting random sounds together that he thinks are of the Jamaican people. <laughs> like, big up. <laughs> Please, check. Continue. Um, but go on. <laughs> but just, just, you know, now we're on chat, but someone said, someone made a good comment because it seems, too, that I have to say people are thoroughly entertained. They really like Black Twitter is just not taking them seriously. They're thoroughly entertained by him. And the comments so funny. Like, the comments are like, I just can't get over the fact that this is Tom Hanks' son. What do they talk about? I want to be a fly on the wall when they have a conversation. And I'm like, I guess, yeah, like, what does he say to him? What do they talk about? <laughs> They're like any parent that is just not like their child. You know what I mean? The child beats their own drum and the parent is them and they feel like their parent is corny, but they love them. And, you know, Uh, that's what I'm... Who knows? Tom Hanks might be blowing trees and, and, you know, (laughs) drinking drinking McAllen, blowing trees with his son for all we know. That's true. That's (laughs) true. That's true. That's true. They, we do not live with them, and the personas just seem so different. You know, the outward personas, but yeah, it is. Um, he does seem to be entertaining. Yeah, <laughs> so entertaining. Uh, but yes, he was on the show, and it just there was just a lot going on. It was just really, like, just, and it wasn't like super violent. It just was so telling about like how these things work. And it was just, for me, it was just too close to home. Like, uh-huh. it just, it, it's so steeped in reality of what happens, but specifically in places like New Orleans. And I was like, I, I can't just, I can't watch this and just not be bothered. And it's based on, I think, like, it was a, like an Italian series or a Spanish uh-huh. series or something like that. Um, so it was just a, like an, a, an adaptation of it. But, um, yeah, I was like, uh-uh, uh, this is a lot. Like, it, it's a lot. 
And mm-hmm. you just kind of see like this is exactly what happens to like black youth mm-hmm. in American South. Yeah, yeah. And the, the judge is supposed to be the good guy. And I'm like, yeah, but he is the most evil person. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is, and anyone will watch this and say, well, as a parent, you would do anything to protect your child. And I'm like, mm-hmm, I bet you would. But that doesn't make this any less disgusting and egregious. Yeah. And and, and doesn't make it any less right, um, wrong. I just, I can't even, yeah, I don't need to, I just want to watch happy, uplifting stuff and do happy, uplifting things, darling. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just watch Shameless, right? Just watch Shameless. Well, at least they're funny. You know, they're poor, but it's just like, it's a dramedy. And so, and much more just kind of outrageous and not really, I mean, sometimes you're like, oh gosh, this is that. And the acting on there is very good as well. Mm-hmm. And that definitely helps. Uh, but, you know, they live in a world where they're so poor and like things happen and you're like, that doesn't happen in real life. Like, that doesn't, what, what are you doing? Who's checking on this kid? You know, it's just right. Big, that is crazy. But it's also funny. They do. They're comical. And I, I, you have to enjoy that. That's interesting. That's a different form of um, escapism on the other end of the spectrum, you know, like right, where they're still poor and they do get into some real shit. But it's still they, they're smart that they keep it funny. Yes, yes, very much so. Very much so. It's kind of like what Rue and I'm always saying, you know, with, um, you know, like you can take things to the edge sometimes as long as you're making people laugh. Mm-hmm. And that's where people will, I think, forgive you uh, when you make racist jokes and sexist jokes and things like that, right? As yeah. long as you make them laugh. Yeah, yeah, as long as you, I love that, as long as you make it funny. Make the racism and sexism funny. <laughs> well, because none of that stuff is funny in real life, right? Exactly. In real life, to deal with it, it's annoying. So, yeah. if you can ever find a reason to be able to laugh about those things, then you got to give that person their props. I agree. Like, and, and you say racism funny. Yeah. I fucks with you. And we talked about this from catharsis. You know, it's, it's sometimes you need to, you know, you can't do anything but laugh because you'll cry or whatever the saying is. You can't help but laugh or to cry or something. I think there's sort of... You laugh you to do. help them cry. To keep yeah, them crying. exactly. Exactly. You deal with that. That's, the way That's a very doing. different thing, but I, I'm, well, I see where you're going with that. Well, I guess you have to find the humor sometimes in things and some it, it, it helps you. And also do that comedy of poking fun at things. And, uh, you know, in a sort of subversive, uh, ironic way, sometimes it makes you, you can appreciate it. It makes you see things in a different way, too. You can see it more clearly. Like comedians, they make the joke, and it's funny. And you're like, oh, but that is messed up. You know, it's, it's <laughs> right. all about it. It's kind of messed up, but it's hilarious. <laughs> it's even now when you watch, like, an old movie. I think you were talking about this. And, you know, they they say things that, like, you couldn't say now. Or you yeah. can write into a film or something now. But mm-hmm. it's still funny to you even when you're watching it now. Um, yes. Because it just is. Yeah. Satire. <laughs> Satire. Okay. Yeah. So it is okay. Yeah. Oh, by the way, your honor is actually based on an Israeli. Israeli. Yes, I did look yes, that up. Yes, it was called mm-hmm. uh, Kavodo, right? Which makes sense, like the the judge. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, you know what? Hopefully, there'll be some good television for us to watch um, in the next coming weeks. You know, we have. Well, to- let me put pa- pen to paper so I could get something together for you. Please do. Please do, my darling. <laughs> so I, I would like to do the, the outro this week. Can I, can I try it? Can I try it? I don't know why you're asking permission. All right. All right. <clears throat> so if you like this episode of Black History, make sure to subscribe, rate, and follow us. 
We are found wherever you listen to your podcast. That's iTunes, that's Spotify. You can go to even Podbean and find us. You can email us at blackhipsterpodcast at gmail.com. We love, love receiving some nice love letters. Love letters. <laughs> you can find us. Hey, and hey, love. We won't read those. We just delete those. You can find <laughs> us on Instagram at Black Hipster Podcast. Um, you can slide into our DMs as well. You can find me. Well, you know what? We always start with you. Donna, where can they find you? They can find me at the Shawa Evans. Mm-hmm. So professional. It sounds so good. They can find me at Sandrick Wiggins. It just sounds like I, I need something to go with it. You know, I need something. The Shawa Evans. Where can they find you? Sandrick Wiggins. It just sounds. <laughs> <laughs> of course, my tone is. Well, if it makes you feel any better, if you go to type in, people never think that the V is spelled T H E E, but it is. And if you just go to put in like T H E and then start to write my name, S H A, you just get the shade room. Oh, hey, hey. <laughs> Which, you know, I've also been called at some point in my life. <laughs> <laughs> You're a mess. Well, darling, I guess we're going to see each other next week. Hopefully, you know, talk and hopefully I'll actually physically see you. <laughs> so. We'll see. Ciao. I still don't be leaving my house. COVID is still very much out there. I have not yes. been vaccinated. Um, uh, now I'm scared because J&J done fucked it up for everybody. <laughs> that, then they talking about, oh, Pfizer, you got to get a third shot. We're like, yes. yes. So now I'm just like, I'm off all y'all. I'm about to just Girl, you're going to be the one. <laughs> I'm going to, like I said, you're going to be the one walking around here you know, alive and not without a tail, you know, while everyone, everyone else is going to be suffering. Oh, and I, I was so like, no, I'm going to wait. I'm going to hold out. And then I was like, you know what? I'll get the vaccine. I'll get it. And then as soon as I and got it, I was going bam. I got anyone to blame but myself. Well, I'll get you a nice little trimmer for your tail. I'm it's sure Amazon will start making uh, tail products for everybody. That's so sweet. Thank you so much for thinking of me. <laughs> All right. Well, I will see you guys next week. All righty. Bye. Bye.